Hello, and welcome to the People Purpose Podcast, the show that explores all the ins and outs of the challenges and opportunities HR, people managers, and all people face at work every day. My name is Julie Devlin, and I'm here with my co-host. Chaz Fields. Julie, we here. We back. Yes, we are here. We are here. And absolutely. Uh, looking forward to this discussion today, Chaz. So uh, we're going to start out. We got to know, Chaz, what made you smile today? Julie, I love fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as y'all know, like there's there's some stuff out here, right? When it comes to 4th of July coming up and I I love fireworks, Jules. You do love fireworks. You like the pretty colors, Chad? Yeah, I well, the colors and the <laughs> boom and it's really fun for those of us listening, you know, or for those listening, we all have that one neighbor or two neighbors that uh set them off all the way into like September, October. Um, but I'm really excited about, you know, being able to see the fireworks and everything that that comes with the 4th of July. So, uh, yeah, I remember a time during the pandemic that people were just randomly setting off fireworks every night. And I, I, I that was like Stop a weird. It. No, no, honestly, that was like a weird period of a couple of months during the pandemic, during quarantine, during lockdown. I guess I had nothing else to do. I don't know. But, oh, man. But you know what, Chaz? I bet your dog doesn't like them. That's right. That's right. Uh uh, so I have a black lab for those of you listening. His name's Cooper. He's great. Not, not a big fan. So, you know, um, and we, I love fireworks. I love the colors. I love everything that it brings, you know, but uh, it, it, it's going to be good. So what about you, Jules? What made you smile today? Oh man, probably just listening to your story about fireworks. <laughs> I, I no, I, what made me smile today is just getting to spend some time with my neighbors, you know, being around the holiday and everything. Everybody's love having, it. having time off and, uh, we actually stood in the backyard and, you know, watched some fireworks. So that's cool. That's so, awesome. That's so Yeah. Cool. Yeah. My, my friend's dog though, it gets so scared that, um, his name's Cody. He goes into the bathtub and like, they have to like close the door and everything. And Surround it's them like, with pillows. And- yeah. 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 It's, 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 you know, you, you definitely have to feel for the, uh, for the pets, but I love it. I love for it. us people, they're fun to watch. Yeah. That's great. So, that's yeah. Great. So um, what do you say we talk about the business side of the day, like usual, Chaz? Yeah, it's routine. It's routine. So um, here's what's really, really cool about this. Uh, a May survey was conducted by YouGov on behalf mm-hmm. of Bankrate, if y'all are familiar with them, stated that parents spend an average of $8,355 per child to secure year-round child care. Woof, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I believe that, and I bet you in some in some instances it's even more than that. Um, I can assure you it is. Yeah, <laughs> I know you have a little guy, so yeah, I, I can assure you it is. It's really crazy because we talk about you know this. It's the business side of the day because you think about the impact that parents have when COVID nineteen hit, and now that we're moving forward and people are slowly returning to work. Um, you know, what does that look like? Right. So we talked yeah. in previous episodes, mass exodus of, of women leaving the workforce because they felt their obligation was at home to do, you know, the, the, the childcare and, and some different things around the home or whatever that looks like. Right. So, but that, that expense, I mean, I I'm here to tell you, Jules, it's, it ain't cheap. It ain't yeah. cheap. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I, I don't have kids, but my brother has three kids, three mm. young kids, and he tells me uh, sort of what they spend. And uh, let's just say it ain't cheap. And, um, you know, and, you, you know, I think 
this is actually a, a good stat, Chaz, to to talk about when we go into our topic today, um, because this puts this is a lot on the mind of our workers who are parents. Yeah. You'd agree? Yeah, there's a huge downward pressure, which uh, you know I appreciate the intro to the segue, Julie. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to talk about mental health and its impact on work, and and that stat I think describes some of the the um, downward pressure that that we feel as as parents, right? Just in general, and and this is this is for all people that that have kids or watch over someone or whatever that looks like, right? So, um, it's really interesting, Julia, to talk about mental health and its impact on work. I think before we do any of that, we've got to talk about stress fear, anxiety, and managing all of this in life as we work. Um, you know, it's something that we have all felt at some point in our life, right? You know, maybe we've talked with a therapist and and worked through maybe the anxiety component, but then uh, we may still struggle with stress. I, I think we all struggle with stress. Would you agree, Jules? Yeah, absolutely. We all struggle with stress. And, you know, it's I, I read something a few months ago on medium.com and this article that I read, it talked about this term that I had heard in another another way. It's called surge capacity. Yeah. Um, and the fact that our surge capacity is depleted. Now, when we think of surge capacity, a lot of times we think of it in terms of a hospital, like, you know, can yeah. a hospital overload? A hospital, yeah, yeah, overload, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But it's like a there's a there's a way to uh, talk about it uh, regarding people too. So we've been, you know, since March 2020, people have felt run down, they felt overwhelmed, and sometimes they felt just plain tired. And that's because we don't have a way as humans to mm-hmm. renew our depleted surge capacity. So basically, when we talk about a natural disaster, like a hurricane or a tornado or something like that, um, those are long term or short term events that have yeah. maybe have a long term recovery. But Pandemics are endless, so who knows um, when things are going to settle down permanently? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, Julie, how? I guess when it comes to mental health and this surge capacity for the leaders that are listening on the phone or or just on the phone. Wow. Uh, well, they're probably listening on their phone. Maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. So. So. So what, what do we do here, right? What, what do we do as leaders? What, what is the first step, I think, in the workplace that we need to do to help minimize not just surge capacity, but mm-hmm. let's, you know, from a mental health perspective, we know that it is impacting work in a negative way, but what, what's the first thing we do? Yeah, it's impacting work in a negative way, but it's also impacting humans in a negative way. Right. Um, and I think that the first thing that we need to make sure of is that when we're building our cultures at work, um, and when, you know, when we're talking about culture, um, we need to destigmatize this. Yes, we need to destigmatize the conversation surrounding mental health at work, and mm-hmm. it's easier said than done in in some you know manufacturing plants and construction sites and you know that kind of thing. But all of us are humans, and all of us have feelings, right, Jess? Yeah, I do. I do think it, it's getting better in those spaces. There's no mm-hmm. doubt, especially as the younger generation is moving into the workforce, um, and and it's becoming a topic, you know, in the interview process. Yeah, right. I think we also have to take this idea of what what does support look like, right? Well, yeah. Traditionally, our initial reaction in HR is an EAP, 
Do you, right. would you agree? Yeah, no, I definitely would agree. Um, it's a great play, the place to go. It's a great place to send people for, mm-hmm. uh, for resources, but yeah. you know, something that I've saw uh, that I saw as an HR practitioner, um, a lot of times, you know, I would have discussions with folks about EAPs and yep. they'd say they're afraid to go. And I'd be like, why are you afraid to go? Well, they think that it's not going to be confidential and everything that they say to the EAP provider is going to go back to their employer. Ah, that's not the way that it works though, Julie. No, you know it's I mean? it's not. It's not. And I think that's part partly it's HR's role to explain that, hey, that's not the way it is. Yeah, right? um, yeah. The EAP doesn't reveal any secrets, right? No, no. I, well, at least it shouldn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that would we would have problems um, if if that happened. So, yeah. So I think I think it's also important, um, Chaz, that when we talk about relationships at work, yeah. we talk about managers and employees and the people that managers come in contact with every day. Sure. They need to make sure to build meaningful one-on-one relationship relationships with their employees. Yep. So that way they feel comfortable, employees feel comfortable going to managers if there is a problem. Yeah, it's really interesting because we, we've mentioned this in the past where we're trying to build trust first, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to build trust first. And and immediately it's that that colleague friendship, right, Julie? Like you and I are peers. And that's that's really great because you know in the org level or in the org chart, you and I are, are on the same level. However, if I have an issue, I'm, I may come to you to talk about it, but I know there's no action that you can technically take behind it. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, so, so for me, if I need to go do something, I got to go to my manager. Well, do I trust my manager? Like, do I trust that they have the, the you know, my best interest or the team's best, best interest or the, let alone the company's best interest, right? So I, I really like that piece of let's teach our managers and the entire organization that that we're going to support you in a different way, but we're also going to destigmatize and, and teach that training about mental health. So when you come to work, um, you have a positive experience. Yeah. And let's take that a step further. Mm-hmm. Let's train our managers also, or let's take care of our managers also. So there's the manager level and then there's the, you know, the the employees under the managers, but who are above the managers that are making sure that they're okay? Who are are the people above the managers making sure that they have the tools that they need, (laughs) that, you know, they know how to have conversations with their employees. They know Mm -hmm. when to have the conversations they know things that maybe they shouldn't say from yeah. a legal perspective, from a societal perspective. Right. It, HR comes in here um, big time. Uh, sorry, HR. Another, another, another <laughs> just something else for you to, to focus do. on. Yeah. Just something else you need to focus on. Exactly. Um, so. No, that's really, really good because that uh, the training component. All right. So let's expand on that a little bit. I think a piece of that training component is we need to understand the signs and symptoms in the workplace. So now we're getting tactical here, Julie. In yep. fact, our um, esteemed colleague has done a great job and, and who's our our team counselor amongst other things in, in her day job, but Teresa Smith, uh, who's also our manager. So it works out really, really well. Yeah. So she's a counselor outside of the work, um, but she, she's actually done a lot of writing and speaking on this. So one of the things that, that we would challenge any leaders we consult with businesses is let's, let's understand the signs and symptoms, right? So let's, 
let's focus on, you know, Hey, are you, is your team oversleeping? Are they, um, or sleeping excessively? Are they constantly showing up late to work? You know, when they're at work, do they have the inability to concentrate? Is there a high level of fatigue? Uh, Julie, are they sad? Yeah. Right. Or yeah. do they constantly feel overwhelmed? All of these things. Notice I, I didn't say, um, you have to have a conversation, but although that's good, but all of the things that I just listed are things that even in your personal life, you can tell when somebody's having a bad day or consistently having bad days or they feel overwhelmed, right? So um, I would encourage y'all to, to go read some of the stuff that Teresa has done because it will give you incredible insight into how to help your organization. Jules? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's important about those things, yes, it's important to recognize those signs. Mm -hmm. Now, is there a day where somebody might be overwhelmed, you know, once uh, every in, in a blue moon? Yeah. But what you really need to watch for are patterns of behavior in your employees. Yeah. So so if you have an employee who has always been there on time, if you have an employee who always goes above and beyond, you know, let's say that behavior has changed. Why? That's the question That's that, yeah, you have That's to find, it. you have to find the why. And here's the thing about management. You have to care enough to want to know the why That's and right. that. And that's when we talk about employees as humans and not just the worker. So I think that's super important. Julie, how, you know, I, I know my opinions on finding the why, right. And, and I know what I would use, you know, working with customers, but what, what is the big step or what is the the big light bulb moment that you as a leader or person let's say it's a it's a peer too what what is it that they can do to to help identify those issues what what the person can do to help identify yeah, yeah. or like, a manager like, whoever yeah it doesn't matter who it is but you know is it you know what do we do here yeah i mean managers can even use the HR tech system to keep notes on employees. Okay. And I'm not saying yeah. use the system to like, you know, have a diary every day, but <laughs> maybe, maybe just help notice these patterns of behavior. Sure. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously having a system to do that, you don't want to be doing that on a spreadsheet or something like that because right. then you get into privacy concerns. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the other thing too which we need to talk about is what happens, you know, after there's a problem that's identified and there's a yeah. conversation. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I think that's, that's kind of what I was getting at is I think we're so easy to say, um, okay, Chaz is having a bad day and, and then I make a mental note of it, but then I don't do anything about it. And I think right. that's what you're about to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've worked together long enough now that we sort of do know what we're about to talk about, right? <laughs> I, I, that's part of, part of why I love working with you. We are uh, in, in, in each other's brain. Yeah. Um, a scary place to be in your brain sometimes. But, you know, I deal with it. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm just kidding. Um it's about, it's about the follow-up afterwards. So yeah. you can identify that someone's having a bad day. You can recognize they're having a bad day or a bad month or a bad several weeks. Um, and then refer them maybe to an EAP or something like that. But the yeah. question becomes, what do you do then? Right. What do you do after that? Because mm -hmm. if you do nothing, then it seems like all you're doing is trying to put a Band-Aid on a, a, a huge wound. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not going to work. So 
without follow up, it's like we we inadvertently think the problem is is fixed. Yeah. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I it, once we identify and and truly believe that the person that we're working with, whoever it may be, is is a person, uh, and that they 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 could be struggling with something that you don't even see on the surface, right? And then you refer them to the resources that your company gives them through an EAP. That next step of hey, Julie, you know what? I, I you know we talked a week ago. I sent you that EAP resource. I just want to make sure that you're doing okay. And that if you had any questions around what it offers, or if you need to come talk to me about it, let me know. Right. And it, and it doesn't have to be about the resource, but if you just want to come and talk to me, great. Let's, let's have that conversation because I have been trained up by our HR team to recognize the symptoms, to recognize the things that I can and can't say, to recognize that, Julie, you may be having some something going on. And whether you tell me or not, my goal is to be intentional, to follow up with you, to make sure that you are doing okay. Yeah. And to make sure they actually did reach out to the EAP. Um, sometimes employees don't know where to go. Yeah. To, to, to reach out to the EAP, you know, making sure that you have a place where it's easy for employees to access that EAP information. Uh-huh. That's important too, because what are you paying for with the EAP or, you know, why do you have it if you're not going to use it? And if folks don't know how to use it. So um, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, that that follow-up really is the piece that is going to show the employee that you care about them a lot. <laughs> Yeah. And one, one last piece of this too, is I think an intentional note, you know what I mean? One of the things that, that I, uh, our leaders do here are that they do a great job of is, is handwritten thank you notes or checking in on you, making sure that you're okay. That's incredible. Like that makes me feel like I'm valued. And the, the, the most important piece is that's going to keep me coming back to work and working it, it harder and harder and harder simply because somebody took the time to write me a two sentence note to check up on me and say, Hey, uh, and send it, you know, via the mail, which is awesome. Right. You know Everybody what it also, yeah. Yeah. You know what it also does when leaders check up on you, it makes you feel like it's okay to not be okay every once in a I while. Love that too. So yeah. we all, we all feel like we need to constantly be on at work. We, you know, we need to make sure that we are running at a hundred, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes that's just not the case. It's mm-hmm. just not the case. And that's an antiquated view of work. That's right. That is, a, that is an absolute antiquated view of work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I have discussions with my dad, who who is of of another generation, uh, about what's going on in the workplace these days. And he he's it, hearing some of his responses. It just makes me smile um, because he's just not used to what it is we get to experience. You know, That's just right. the the caring side of work. You know, with him, it was you go to work, you get paid, and. Yep. Clock in, clock out, do it for yep. the same for thirty five years, whatever yep. it is. My dad was the same way. It's just not the same anymore. No. Nope. So. Nope. Yep. So here we are. <laughs> well, Jules, I think that pretty much wraps us up right for today. So today let's talk a little bit about what we found our purpose in by what Jules, number one. Yeah. Today we found our purpose by determining that mental health is no longer taboo in the workplace. hundred percent agree. Today we also found our purpose in by encouraging people managers to go beyond the title and position to see that whole person and not just a subordinate or an employee. Absolutely. Yeah. And we also found our purpose in the importance of knowing the importance of follow-up because that's, right. that's really the uh, the key to successful employee uh, mental health initiatives. 
Yeah. So Jules, that's pretty much wraps us up. So be sure to join us for episode four. We're going to talk a little bit about a new term, Julie, uh, reboarding employees and, and what people returning to work should look like. So a few reminders before we leave. Hey, like, subscribe, use the hashtag PeoplePurposePod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn. Join the conversation and make sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the Workforce Institute at UKG by visiting workforceinstitute.org. Julie, we're wrapping it up. That's another episode. We'll see you soon. Absolutely. See you, everybody.